Thank you for joining us. In this podcast, we are real people talking about real things, child abuse and neglect, a topic that is all too often left in the shadows of silence, leaving survivors alone, fearful, and oftentimes without a voice. We're having conversations to become louder than silence. It is here where we will invite you to join us and be the change needed to end child abuse and neglect. Hello, everybody. I am Lori Poland. We are here with the Louder Than Silence podcast. Thank you all for listening in and just for being loyal and continuous listeners in general. Today's topic is with a gentleman. I don't know. I can't even guess how long you've been in the field, Stuart, but you are um, somebody that I've admired. I met you five years ago now, and Dick Krugman and I've talked about you repeatedly, and 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 the work that you do, I feel like is so so big and so um, um, impactful on the globe. And so, Stuart, I'm going to have you introduce yourself and let our audience know who are you, where do you come from, and uh, and then what do you study and work on. Right. Yes. Uh, well, I'm, uh, first of all, because this is something I always want to remember, every time I've had a chance to do anything worthwhile, it's because somebody's opened a door or somebody's uh, hosted, hoisted me on their shoulders or given me a, a way to do it that, that, uh, that, that uh, was just so uh, important and that made all the difference. And that's true of this topic we're, we're dealing with uh, today. I grew up in Long Beach, California, uh, and came to the Midwest in my 20s, have been there most of the time. I've lived in Victoria, British Columbia, and Palm Springs, California, but right now I'm in Florida and still in Indianapolis, uh, the Midwest center for me. Uh, my uh, uh, work has been, a, a, or a, a, as I went through school, it was, a, considering how I was going to manage uh, life's different uh, pressures and opportunities. So I uh, worked my way through school as and uh, became uh, strategically, once in a while I'm strategic, I uh, chose <laughs> to become a, a school teacher first so that I could then become a counselor, so then I could become a school psychologist and have spent... Oh my uh, most of my career as a psychologist focused particularly on uh, school uh, educational processes child development and uh, most of the work i've done that um, that i feel is, is most useful is in children's rights and child maltreatment particularly psychological maltreatment so i came to this topic uh, at an international conference in 1979 to create the Declaration of the Psychological Rights of the Child with child and, and clinical and school and educational psychologists gathered in York, England, about 300 of them. And wow. I, had the, I had the chance to uh, do the last bit of work putting together the declaration and then brought it to that body which strongly supported it. Wow. And when I brought that back to my international association and to my university at Indiana 
University, Purdue University at Indianapolis. I was a prof there for about 30 years. It soon will be Indiana University, Indianapolis. They're going to change their name. Um, when I brought that back and we were trying to figure out, well, what, what do we do with this? We put together a group of psychologists from different parts. That, I think they were in the U.S. mainly. May have been some from out of the U.S. And asked them, what topic deserves the attention now? What is the critical issue that uh, is not being dealt with? And they said, emotional abuse of children, psychological abuse and neglect of children. People wow. generally- And what year was that, Stuart? 1980. 1980. 1980. So here we yeah. are 43 years later. You, you've got and it. And let me ask you, Stuart, what topic is under addressed and is a priority that needs to be addressed? For psychological maltreatment, uh, well, there, there's a whole boatload, uh, Lori. Well, well but... I, I think the the question is, what topic in the abuse space is yes. still under addressed? And and the I would I would imagine the answer is still psychological abuse and maltreatment. That, that's right. It is uh, pretty well generally recognized now by the experts as the. Uh, the abuse and neglect area, the maltreatment area, uh, that is uh, is uh, at the highest level of occurrence, that has the longest lasting, most destructive consequences if you're not killed outright, and that is being, uh, in, in general, inadequately addressed at all levels. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and that, uh, that's something we've been working on and trying to change, uh, rec but with sensitivity to the fact that uh, it was never going to be enough to get the uh, child maltreatment experts and organizations and agencies and service systems to address it because it really needs primary prevention. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, added to and in fact uh in not in preference to you've got to take care of kids who are being hurt yeah obviously yeah that. but we we have to go upstream and stop it and then help people the people who are doing it and who might do it to learn better ways of treating yeah. their children so that's yeah. uh so that's still the case you're you're right Lori. yeah well, so let me ask you just just in lay terms, um, what would you say is the definition of psychological abuse? Yeah, this is something that we have. When we started working on it, it was because yeah. there was uh, confusion across all of the areas considering it. That was back in 1979. People had done some work on it. And what we recognized was we had to have operational definitions. And so we uh, so we were fortunate the federal government's um, agencies, a couple of them provided funding to do the research. And Marla Brizard, who was in, who spent most of her career at Columbia and I have worked on this topic for 40 years. And we did the research in this country, which has ended up be, being found valuable pretty much around the world. Yeah, uh, but we're imagine. still working on on that kind of thing. So I, I I'll I'll move quickly to where we are just recently since you've raised the question. 
Uh, while we want to get into primary prevention, and that really means promotion of safety, resilience, and well-being, yeah. as well as just stopping bad things from starting, yeah, we recognize that uh, in general, and and this goes for any any place in the world, uh, to greater or lesser degrees, uh, people don't quite have a handle on it, yeah, and there isn't a sense of 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 its it's horrific uh, negative consequences yeah. Yeah. and of, of how you might be sure you know when it's happening. So our right. most recent work, and it came out of the global, uh, the, the global summit on child psychological maltreatment in 2019, the argument, one of the arguments was we've got to be able to draw a line in the sand that yeah. people understand that's applicable in a responsible way that respects yeah. people and that people consider to be fair. Wow. So we put it, we put an international team to work to construct what would be a definition and set of standards for okay. that. And that can be um, that can be found on our website uh, at the um, PMA, it's Psychological Maltreatment uh, or, uh, Alliance. But all you have to do is Google psychologicalmaltreatment.org. You'll okay. come to it. You can go to the article uh, by um, by uh, Amy Slepp and uh, Donya Glasser and uh, and Jody Todd Manley, who uh, represent really very broadly all the major areas of development associated with it. In addition to what our team has done, and uh, and they've achieved this. We believe they have done it in a manner that will fit in just about every state, in most cases without actually changing the law, because the laws are generally where they exist. And there are six states that don't even have psychological maltreatment in their child abuse law. But where wow. they exist, the door is generally open to using this much more refined and uh, system which is a good guide to decision-making. And high, we have a high level of confidence. It will be, uh, it'll be reliable and valid and people will feel that it's fair. So uh, people who would like to get to the details of that can simply go to that website uh, or the, uh, they can go to a child abuse and neglect the journal article that those same people created. But let me just give you the essence of it. Okay, great. Uh, That'd be helpful. It, it, it came from uh, definitions and, and the formula, the, the uh, construction of forms that Marla and I, with a whole lot of help from others, have worked on for years. Okay. And, and so it's, it really brings those forward. But I'll okay. just give you the definition. And, and I think you'll see the, the sense of it a repeated pattern or an extreme extreme incident of caregiver behavior that thwart i love that word thwart they get in the way of distorting and so on the child's basic psychological needs and you can fill those in of course safety socialization emotional and social support cognitive stimulation and respect and that convey to the that a child is worthless defective damaged goods, unloved, unwanted, endangered, primarily useful in meeting another's needs, or expendable. Wow. So, and then the forms that come after that 
uh, and they're being used uh, in, in the new definition uh, in a couple of ways, but they are spurning, that's active hostile rejection, the twisting of that person's sense of self by degrading yeah. them and so on. They're terrorizing them by creating a sense of being in danger, sometimes in danger because they've been in danger and hurt before physically and psychologically. Yeah. Yeah. They're isolating the kind of moving a kid into a cage-like environment in his room or in his basement or away from neighbors and, and so on, or away even from the other people in the family. Yeah, I mean, I'm even thinking of somebody that I know very, very closely who was in a marriage for 10 years where the wife did exactly what you were describing in front of the children and stepdaughter and consistently said and and created this lack of belonging and this lack of or in this in, intense psychological harm, which then created this fear in these three girls one who was older and got out, but the other two who are still there and and just the damage of that, right? I mean, and that's just one story, let alone, I mean, when you just read that definition, Stuart, the interesting sensation that I had was validation. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I would imagine you know, sometimes when we just say it, when we when we just say the definition that you describe, that and and maybe actually I will. I mean, can you read that? Can you read that from start to finish, just one sure. more time? Sure. The the conceptual definition. Yeah. 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 Because I, I think that hearing those words, at least for me, was very validating, and I'd love our audience to be able to just pause and hear it. it I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll do that, Laura. I think that's a really good idea. And, yeah. and let me add the other two categories first, so that then yeah. they can okay. fold those in. Great, the, great. the other two are, they. it used to be called psychologically unavailable caregiving, oh, or yes. we call it den denying emotional responsiveness. It is the most destructive form in infancy, in early childhood, yes. when right. the child is ignored. The child's needs are ignored. The child... Yeah. Uh, the child feels isolated or, or and without any of that kind of caring, unconditional yeah. love we know everyone should have. The other are those cases that are ki another kind of ignoring that says you're worthless and we don't care about you. When you have a medical problem that nobody wants, serves, you have a mental health problem that nobody serves, or you have an educational problem nobody serves. So all of those and I think this is a great way to do it. Now you can think about how they relate to this overall definition. Yes. A repeated pattern or extreme incident of caregiver or taker behavior that thwart the child's basic psychological needs. I won't read those again. And convey a child is worthless, defective, damaged goods, unloved, unwanted, endangered, primarily useful in another's, meeting another's needs or expendable. And that uh, you, when people listen to that, I, I think that I hope it resonates with them because we all share any place in the world. And I've had chances to talk to people in many different that. parts of the world. We all share the same fundamental human needs. Yes. And they're pretty and much the, the, the Maslow described. Yeah. 
and they keep coming up in the research over and over again. And those, when you think about those needs for safety, physical well-being or support, for love and belonging, for yep. sense of worth, and for being a person who's very dignity in nature is supported and is unfolding. When you think about things that are attack those, that is psychological. psychological. Every one of them is. That's why it's so powerfully destructive. Ooh. It's just fundamental. Yeah. Those things are fundamental. It's a, yeah, to, it's to like, life, just, it's like just as important as, as needing food, air, and shelter, oh my, and oh water. My gosh. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can remember a uh, one of the great actors who had won Academy Awards, just a marvelous actor, saying once, uh, and yet you could tell he was in misery, saying uh, he would have given up all his fame, all his success, if his father had only told him he loved him once. Well, and and I can say, I, I would imagine, I, theoretically, as a clinician myself, as somebody who has worked in this field for the better part of 25 years and worked directly with survivors of all ages, homeless down to infants and postpartum depression, that the psychological maltreatment is so impactful. And we can look at the, the leaders of the most atrocious harms in our world. And I feel like there's this commonality of their of a caregiver not attending to their needs yes. and therefore creating a sense of power, a, a, a sense of needed power to compensate for the lack of value that they feel. Uh, Laura, yeah, that that uh, is is really powerful, and it it reminds me of uh, of the title of the book that Oprah Winfrey and Bruce Perry put out, which yeah. is "What Happened to You." The question to ask is is not what's wrong with you, although we're concerned right. about that. Of course we are, but if we want to get anywhere with that in terms of helping, we have to know what happened to you. That isn't, doesn't mean we're going to spend all our time right. uh, uh, going through that again and again right. and so on. We're gonna, right. we're gonna make that understandable right. and move, move away from that. Right. I was in, I, I mentioned to you uh, earlier that I just uh, had the wonderful chance to make a presentation to the children's uh, mental health uh, networks in Minneapolis mm -hmm. for for Minnesota, and one of their uh, one of the participants, I could tell was was probably really savvy and they, they're just great people. And it came up to me and you said, "Well, you know, this is probably where the mass killings come from, where the mass shootings that come from." And yep. and and if, and she was she's right. And if you look at the book that did the best job of analyzing the research on that, you'll see the support for it. It's called uh, uh, the uh, the Violence Project. The Violence yeah. Project. It's it's uh, so people interested in that to look yep. at. But when you're when you're you are humiliated in life right. in the multiple ways. Humiliated people are uh, there's a, there is a need to get rid of the people who are thinking of them as humiliated and get rid of themselves. Right. 
and so it is nobody would suggest that anybody who's been humiliated once or twice is going to do that or right. or, or that right. everybody who's been humiliated is uh, right. but the inclination is to stop that that even from being part of life right. and that means Take it out. wiping yeah. out wiping Take it out. out right uh, yeah. So, so that underlines, and the the other thing that people would appreciate, and I know we have limited time, but <laughs> so I, I'll I'll just I'll direct them to it if that's okay, Lloyd. Yeah. The one of the challenges used to be for the area of psychological maltreatment, establishing the harm that it does. Mm. Well, the research has gone such a long ways now in doing that that it's without question. Yeah. recognized as harmful and probably the most, the harmful, most harmful area right. in right. terms of depression and suicidology, right. social anxiety, conduct disorders, thought problems, cognitive de decline, right. even physical health problems, uh, are all of those. So fortunately, and you may have, well, I have her on your, your, your podcast sometime, Marla Brizard, whom I've been working with for 40 years, knows more about that than anybody else in the world. And if wow. you go to the psychologicalmaltreatment.org and, and wait, wait for the new guidelines on psychological maltreatment, she's presented that information in those guidelines and she keeps right on top of it all the time. So those who wanna have, have that kind of evidence, something uh, of that kind of substance and power to, to help them understand and communicate with others, you'll find it there. Yes. Well, and that's what was going to be my last question. I feel like we could talk for hours, Stuart. And and I, it's interesting. I, I, I'm sure our listeners hear me say that with every podcast, because there's so much to understand and there's so much to have conversation around. And and I think that nearly every one of us can relate to verbally saying something harmful to another human. And I think that there's probably even fear in that. And the other thing that is common is that parents, parenting is the hardest job any of us have ever done. I think uh, I've never met a parent who's like, no, it's easy. I've never met a parent who feels that way. And I also have never met a parent who doesn't feel bad for some of the things they've said or done or their behaviors. And I've said this so many times on nearly every podcast that in parenting, in that child parenting relationship, you are, are more likely to be your worst self in that dynamic than in any other relationship in any other place of your life. And still the value of recognizing, taking responsibility, apologizing and doing everything you can to correct the course of action is where change occurs. And, and I see you nodding. I'd love to get your insight on that. And then we'll have to wrap up because I recognize all of you are probably already at your destination and our time uh, for your listening is coming close to expiring. So Stuart, go yeah. for it. Great. And and hopefully, Laura, we could, we, I'd like to do another one on the interventions because oh, there are yes. some really good good ways to intervene. Uh, and so I, I want to go to you, the, the, the point yes. you were just making. 
there's a lot of research to support the notion that the the um, interactive process, the a relational process in therapy or in making uh, seeing that what you're doing with your children and your partners and so on is good for them is so important. So that means what you what you were descri describing is so important, and that part of it is getting that other person to tell tell you what it meant to them and how they felt and how they how they think right. you might do it differently partnering with them so that yeah. together you make it better and you learn to you 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 increase your empathic capacity yeah. and your caring capacity for doing that that's so beautiful i i i think about conversations i have with my 16 year old daughter because I, with her specifically I feel like I am my most raw being and I'll say something like like yesterday I I I wanted to see her yesterday I haven't seen her in four days and and I have to leave again on Wednesday for another five days and she couldn't come and see me yesterday at this this house I'm house sitting and so I said okay well I guess I'll just see you next Sunday and she said and she said mom, that does not feel good. Now I feel guilty and now I feel shameful. And I was like, oh baby, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, that's just my pain. And I am so sorry. You're right. I, I'm not, I don't want to guilt you. I just love you and I miss you. And it's hard being away from you. And that is, that's not your fault. Right. And, and, and it was just such a beautiful moment of her having the permission in the moment to say what she needed to say and me actually hearing her and recognizing it. And I'm sure that my response still wasn't the correct response because I'm also a human, but, um, yeah, there's so much there. And so I will go ahead and wrap up. I, I could, I just ramble sometimes, but Stuart Hart is our guest today. And Stuart, thank you so much for being here. And I agree. Let's have another podcast about interventions. And because I think that it's not what happens, but what we do with what happens that can create the change. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully the people who have listened to this see a re see a, a reason to listen in when we do the interventions, and that would be the best yes. thing that could have happened, right? Yes, absolutely, a hundred percent. Well, thank you so much for being a guest here today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all so much for listening in. This is the Louder Than Silence podcast. You are here with Stuart Hart, a psychologist, a teacher, a school counselor an academic, a brilliant person who's got a heart the size of the U.S., um, in my opinion. And uh, we'll put his website and links to the information that he shared today in our show notes. I hope you all have a great day. Thanks a bunch for listening in. Take care now. I want to thank each of you again for joining us today and listening in. If you or someone you know is being abused, please call 1-800-4-A-CHILD. To learn more about ENDCAN, visit www.endcan.org or find us on all social media platforms. Join us in being louder than silence and being a part of the change. Please leave a comment, like our podcast, or share with your friends. The more the word spreads, the more of a collective impact we can have.